0: I've got another practice for you, and this one is going to raise some issues, and we're going to have to address them, but for the very beginning, you can just treat this like a practice. And we've got the function f of x equals the square root of x minus 1, find f inverse of x, 1a algebraically, b numerically using a table that I've set up, 1, 2, 5, 10 are going to be your inputs for f and you can find the corresponding inputs and outputs for f inverse. I also have added something here. Identify the domain and the range for both f of x and F inverse. Now I don't mean domain in terms of 1, 2, 5, 10 and whatever your outputs are. I actually want you to talk about the domain of the entire function F of X. So you have to look at what you learned in a previous precalc class, the square root of X minus 1. What's the domain? What are all the possible X values that will work for this function? And then the corresponding range as well. If you'd like, If you know how to graph the square root of x minus 1, you might want to do that first, and then write in your domain and range looking at the graph. That's your choice. Also, once you find f inverse of x as a formula, hopefully it will be more clear what the domain and range are. But you might want to notice something there. When you look at the formula, you might get a domain and range. If you just use this interchange x and y thing, remember how I mentioned that the domain of f is the range of f inverse? Notice I've color-coded them. You can actually just go from here to get your correct domain and range for f inverse. If you use the formula of f inverse to get domain and range, you might notice a problem. And that's what we're going to have to deal with when we look at the graphs. So when you've finished getting a numerical table, You can plot the points for F and for F inverse. You can also use the formula to help you. And we're going to run into some trouble here, and we're going to talk about it then. But take a minute, pause. You can do part A right away, find the algebraic representation of F inverse. Then you can do the numerical part with the table. You can find the domain and range generally of F, and then just switch them to get the domain and range of F inverse. And then sketch the graph using these points, and then we're going to talk about that in the future. Alright, hopefully you've written down f of x and you found f inverse and you can check what you did with what I have. f of x is another name for y which is the square root of x minus 1 is given to me. I interchange x and y and I have x equals the square root of y minus 1 now. So I've interchanged x and y. Now I want to solve for y. How do I get something out of a square root? I square both sides, right? You might remember in your algebra class, when you square both sides, you always have to check your answers, right? Because you might be introducing something called extraneous solutions. Does that sound familiar? Probably annoyed you when you were told that because it meant you had to make sure you checked your answers or you could get tricked on a test um, and have an answer that actually wasn't correct. So when we square both sides, we do need to think about that. It's going to show up with the graph. X squared equals Y minus 1. I solve for Y, and I have X squared plus 1. So that's my new F inverse function. F inverse of input X is X squared All right, so my original function was the square root of x minus 1, and my inverse function is x squared plus 1. If I just make a table using these values, when x is 1, y is 1 minus 1 or 0 inside a square root is still 0. When x is 2, I have 2 minus 1 is 1, square root of 1 is 1. When x is 5, 5 minus 1 is 4, the square root of 4 is 2. You'll notice I picked these numbers to make it easy for us, right? 10 for x minus 1 is 9. The square root of 9 is a positive 3. Now, they don't have to write positive or negative. When they write square root, That you can assume they only mean the positive value. And your calculator assumes that as well. So square root means positive value. All right, when I interchange x and y, What was an output is now an input of the inverse. And what was an input of the function is the output of the inverse. So I just interchange those two. Now to identify the domain of f, the square root of x minus 1, I need to know what x values can I plug into the square root of x minus 1 and and have real outputs. That's what it means to be a domain of a function, it's all the x values that give you real outputs for y. So you may recall with square roots any kind of even root, square root, fourth root, sixth root, your domain has to be x values that make a positive or zero value inside the root. So we have to have x minus 1, the thing inside the square root, needs to be greater than or equal to zero. So that means x needs to be greater than or equal to 1. So x needs to be greater than or equal to 1 That's the domain from 1 to infinity. So my domain is all x values from 1 to infinity. We'll see that with the graph also in a minute. The range is often more difficult to find from the formula, but this one isn't so bad. The range of the square root of x minus 1, that's all the possible outputs. Now, following the table, it looks like our y values start at 0 and keep going up. Can we ever have negative y values for f of x? We just looked at the square root, and I mentioned that it's always positive unless they write a negative in front. So you cannot have negative outputs for a square root. So that means all your outputs for the square root of x minus 1 are either going to be 0 or greater. So my range goes from 0, that corresponds to when x is 1, to infinity, which corresponds to x going to infinity. So my domain is 1 to infinity. My range is 0 to infinity. For f inverse, if you look at the formula for f inverse, you can see that the range of this, this is a parabola that opens up and is shifted up one unit. So the range goes from 1 to infinity of the inverse function, just like the domain of the function went from 1 to infinity. This is easier to see with the graph, and we'll see that in a second. The easiest way to do this problem is to just interchange the domain and the range for the inverse. So if I interchange the domains and the ranges, then that means the domain of the inverse is the range of the original function, and that's 0, including 0, to infinity. Now, if you look at the inverse function, couldn't x be negative? x squared, you can have a negative x values, right, and square them. So this is the first indication that there's something fishy going on here with this problem. And we're going to see the problem also when we graph it. This, If we use the strict idea of interchanging domain and range, my domain of the inverse function has to go from 0 to infinity, even though the formula says it could be more than that. You'll see why we need this domain, 0 to infinity, in just a minute graphically if we just sketch the square root of x minus 1 you might recall actually and in fact it doesn't hurt to just remember this y equals the square root of x looks like this it's the top half of a sideways parabola that's not a coincidence we're going to see that in the future negative x, negative square root of x flips over on the x-axis The square root of negative x flips over on the y-axis and the negative square root of negative x goes this way. Just to help you understand what's going on with graphs, just to remember that. Now the square root of x minus 1 is the same as the square root of x, but if you subtract 1 from x, that's a horizontal shift, 1 unit to the right. Because before, when x was 0, that made y 0. Now when x is 1, that makes y equal to 0. But then the square root still goes like this. So this is f of x equals the square root of x minus 1. You can verify that those points on the table fit here. When x is 1, y is 0. When x is 2, y is 1. When x is 5, y is 2. And when x is 10, y is 3. It's a very slow growth function. Like other functions, you're going to learn this chapter. So this is the square root of x minus 1. Notice it starts here. That's why its domain is from 1 to infinity. The x value is 1 to infinity. And the range is from y equals 0 up to infinity, as we wrote before. Domain 1 to infinity, range 0 up to infinity. The inverse function is x squared plus 1. If I graph the parabola x squared plus 1, it looks something like that, doesn't it? If I graph the line y equals x, it looks something like that. From if I use the domain and the range from my table, what underneath the table that we've made, the new domain of the function, the inverse function, oh, plus one. Four was another example x squared plus 1. The, new, the domain of the inverse function was supposed to be from 0 to infinity. So that means this part of the graph. I'm not supposed to use the left-hand side of the parabola given the information I have about domain and range. You can also see that if we use the right-hand side of the parabola only, we do have a reflection of the graph of f of x in the line y equals x we have a reflection here. Reflected over the line y equals x is the original function. This part is not on the graph of f of x. The reflection of the left-hand side of the parabola actually corresponds to this graph right here. Can you see why we can't have this part of the graph, this part of the parabola? We wouldn't have a function, would we? This, If this were f of x, including this part, then we would have a sideways parabola, it's not a function of X, it crosses a vertical line in two places. So we have a problem if we try to use this side of the graph as our inverse of F because it doesn't represent a function anymore. So I cannot use the left hand side of the parabola. Even though the formula would tell me that X could be negative, I have two things telling me that it can't be negative. First of all, the symmetry of the two graphs makes it so that I can't have this part of the parabola for my inverse. Second of all, when I found the domain and range by interchanging them, interchanging the x's and y's, it told me that the domain of the inverse function has to be 0 to infinity. So you might see if a function is given to you or if you're asked to find an inverse function, you might have to write a little more information for f inverse. You have to say x greater than or equal to 0 for this case because you can't input negative values and still have it be an inverse function of f. So what that means when you're doing these problems is you have to be careful about thinking about your domain and range. You have to pay attention to them. They have to match up. They have to be the opposites of the domain and range of the, of the original function. So when you write f inverse of x, you want to say right here x greater than or equal to zero because that way you'll have only the part of the function of the formula that represents the inverse function of f. Now the y values in this one take care of themselves you'll see that the y values go from 1 to infinity on the inverse graph, the graph of the inverse, just like we have a range going from 1 to infinity over here under the tables So the answer to f inverse of x is x squared plus 1, but x is greater than or equal to 0. I'm going to let you verify for yourself that f of f inverse of x equals f inverse of f of x. Equals what? If you compose a function with its inverse, you should just get x back again, and it should work.